The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. This week on the show, we'll talk a little bit about the four games the Suns played this week after taking a full week of basketball off. Then we'll touch on the three games upcoming next week, and we'll talk a little bit about DeAndre Ayton along the way. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs are in order for our bet question from last week. Our question was, will the Suns play a game this week? I went with the pessimistic choice and said no, just to be different, and boy was I wrong, but Charlie here said yes, and he was right, so point for him. But shout-out to... Our, our two usual suspects on this, at Sundress Dunks and at Comic Evangelist on Twitter, they're always involved in this, so follow them, you know the drill. But also shout out to Scott Coleman, at ScottyCo21 on Twitter, who, he is a very funny guy, and as I read more of his tweets, I find we have more in common than I thought. He's a big Suns and Broncos fan like me. So shout out to Scott Coleman. He also said we would play a game this week. So he was right. Maybe we shouldn't have played any games this week. Yeah, maybe. Well, that, <laughs> that, that brings us into the first topic that we want to touch on, though. Was this break bad? The Suns got a week off with three postponed games. And since then we've come back and we're playing one in three basketball. And it was all over the course of this week. So, you know, running on a pretty hot streak to start the season, then you get hit with this. Do you think it's a uh, kind of, kind of busting us up right now? I think so. I think it killed our, our great momentum to start the season. And I remember back to last season Bubble aside, the postponement there in March aside, any long break that we had didn't tend to go very well. Coming back from the All-Star break, we struggled. Anytime we even had four or five days in a row off, we would come out pretty flat. I know this team is very different from last season's team, but we're seeing more of the same where, you know, we take have some time off, have a few games off, a full week, and practice was also impacted, so that makes a difference. But we came out pretty flat. So, yeah, I think this was pretty rough for us. Yeah, and you made the point about practice. That's, you know, a huge wrench that gets thrown into this whole thing because normally you think if your team has a week off, that means you can actually give the guys a day or two off, but then spend a ton of time working as a team, you know, working for your game plan for the next game, doing your individual workouts, all that stuff. There's so much time, like a whole week to prepare for one game if you want to look at it that way. But we weren't able to do that. We had guys on the 
COVID protocol, uh, some injuries along the way. And that, that really threw some funk into it. And I mean, could it have been different even if we missed a few guys due to the COVID protocols, but still were playing games? I almost would have rather had it go that way because it, it really seems like some wind got taken out of our sails here. Right. Definitely. And, and on the topic of the COVID protocols, this is my opinion. I think this is what's happening. When we hear that a guy is out for health and safety protocols, and it's for an extended period of time, more than just a couple days, it probably means that he has COVID, that he tested positive for COVID, not just had contact with someone. Jalen Smith is the example I give. All of a sudden, he's out, and they don't say why. I don't really know why it's so secretive. I guess it really isn't, but he's out for... All of a sudden, it's more than just three or four days. And then he comes back in this game, the second game against the Nuggets from Saturday. That's his return. And all of a sudden, we hear, oh, yeah, and by the way, he had COVID. So I would imagine Damian Jones and Dario Saric, who are also at time of recording on the COVID health and safety protocol list, they probably have tested positive, too. I don't know why the league is being secretive about this, but... That's what it seems to be happening. Yeah, that that does seem to be what is going down. And just a, something to note here, we didn't play any of these games this week up until this last one against the Nuggets with those guys that were on the list. So no, no Smith up until now, no Saric, no Jones, but... Why did we have to cancel games if it was going to be like that anyways? Is I is the testing is it testing? Are they waiting for tests at that point, or is it just a some sort of a quarantine after we ran into the wizards who had to be put into theirs? Yeah, I think it's both. I think there is a testing element to it, but I know they're doing some some like rapid testing stuff. I think the reason that we missed three games was because of contact tracing. Just because the Wizards had so many guys actually test positive, they had to do contact tracing for anyone who had played them. And I guess that just takes time. So, yeah, that's what it seems like. And Dario played in that Wizards game, right? I think so, yeah. And and we haven't seen him since. Right. So, that's probably where he that's probably where he and Jones got it. And now the league is doing some funny stuff where they say, oh, you can't shake hands or hug at center court after the game or anything, even though you've just played against the, the yeah. other team. Like you've been breathing on him for 48 minutes. <laughs> You're sweating on each other. There's probably even been a little spit going both ways. Right. But don't slap hands after the game. That'd be wild. Right. Yeah, this is... It's getting a little crazy, and, you know, you think back, like, oh, the bubble was so nice. We can't do a bubble for this long. It, right. it, it just isn't going to happen like that. So, I mean, do we have grounds to complain about this? I mean, we're getting to watch basketball, and I yeah. know a lot of us were pining for that last year during the shutdown. So, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I hear you. I mean, I think back to when <laughs> – when the only sport that was on to watch was Korean baseball. And 
I remember staying up until two, three in the morning to be able to just watch a little bit of that before I fell asleep. And it was actually kind of fun, but I much prefer basketball. So (laughs) basketball during normal, normal, uh, awake hours. Yeah. (laughs) Normal waking hours. I was really into marble league racing during. Yeah. Yeah. That's always good. (laughs) Yeah. On the topic though, of normal waking hours, I put out a poll a couple days ago asking people what they thought of these later start times. What the league is doing now is starting games one hour later than they would typically be scheduled for so that teams can do day of testing, which actually seems pretty smart. I asked people what they thought about this, and the vast majority, close to 75% of people, said they hate the one hour later start. The options I gave were love it, hate it, or indifferent. I thought most people were going to say indifferent, but no, most people said they hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see him getting a little late in the evening, and then especially for fans, you know, Suns fans out on the East Coast, it's two or three hours later there, and then that gets really tough. So, yeah, I, I have sympathy for that, but yeah, yeah, I, I do as well. Uh, for me, I actually really like it because a lot of nights I have to work until seven. So it's usually not that big of a deal because the games start at seven ten or seven fifteen, And maybe I miss a little bit of the beginning of the game, but it's not that big of a deal. But now it's like, I can go home in a leisurely manner and get in and watch every second of the game and not be in a rush or anything. It's, it works out pretty well for me. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, a game ending around, you know, 10 at the latest, that's not too bad, you know, no, no. not horrible. And but... that's coming from an old guy. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm old. 10's not that late. <laughs> it's almost 11 right now. I'm still awake. Right. You, you you speak like you're 60 or 70. Do I? <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. But I hear you. I hear you. Even for the people who go to bed early. And I actually am not the kind of guy who stays up super late. In the past, I used to be. But as I've gotten older, it doesn't stay that way. And I've had to wake up earlier and all of that. But it's not that big a deal. 10, 1030, that's still halfway reasonable. Now, if you're living on the East Coast and that's midnight or 1230, I understand that. That's frustrating, but it's what we got to do. Yep. Just got to think of those guys in Europe who... Right, right. That, that's like some two in the morning, three in the morning business. I, I remember like Dragic stories talking about how he'd, how he'd stay up till three in the morning to watch whoever... <laughs> pretty cool right right or think about we know there's so many suns fans in australia right the time difference for them that's huge so we have no room to complain whatsoever no, that's very <laughs> true very true we're trying to be a global game the nba so that's right that's right all right let's talk a little bit about you know the the week's games we we think this little break definitely didn't help us out and we saw it with a one and three record over the week. So the first one in the Grizzlies, we'll touch on this. This was uh, Devin Booker's worst shooting game of his career. Is that is that correct? It's either the worst or second worst. Whatever. It was horrible. 
Yeah, that's rough. Five for 21 from the floor for D-Book in this one. 12 points, three boards, four assists, couple steals, three turnovers. We, we've seen a lot of turnovers out of Devin Booker still this week. That's something we've talked about in the past. We want to see that cleaned up. But I think he, you know, this week, over four turnovers per game, pretty rough. It is rough. Yeah, the shooting, five for 21. Oof. That's, I mean, that's going to, it's going to be hard to win games when your best player is shooting like that. So that is tough. And with our son's roster, you just think about it. We look at our starters, 10 from Cam Johnson in this one. Oh, we need to make note of that. Cam Johnson inserted into the starting lineup over Crowder. So yeah. we'll touch on that. But he had 10. Bridges had 17 in this one. Aiden had 18. Chris Paul had 16. That all sounds about right. If you have your star player play his game, score 22, 23 points, that's probably a win for the Suns right. in that situation. In that, if that were the case, we win this game by six, eight, ten points. Right. I, and as much as I don't like the guy and he really had a poor game on the offensive end, Dylan Brooks plays good defense on Dylan on on Devin Booker <laughs> every time they every time we match up against these guys. Yeah. I mean, they're just in Booker's head, too, unfortunately. These guys, they just bring something out of him where he gets really riled up. And normally he can take that energy and score a lot and make guys pay. But for whatever reason with the Grizzlies, he just doesn't play that well. No, and that's something that will have to change. This is going to be a team that we're fighting with for playoff seeds for the for right now and the in the future they have a nice young core just kind of like we do too yeah yeah no the grizzlies are actually a, a decent team i remember i i answered some poll on twitter or something just a couple days before saying will the grizzlies make the playoffs i said no i don't think so and then i watched them play this game and i've totally changed my tune they're they're pretty good Right, and that was uh, without Valanchunas in this one, too. They started Xavier Tillman. Uh, DeAndre Ayton got off to a good start on his week against Tillman here, but, I mean, it wasn't JV, one of those big brutes that Ayton sometimes struggles against, so we have to keep that in mind. All right, moving on to the Rockets game. This was a a very welcome game, one that we kind of needed uh, against a team who's been struggling after trading Harden. They have a mismatch of guys wall was out in this one it it seemed like a game we should just run away with but the rockets really hung in tight in this one they outscored us in the third and fourth uh so the suns win by six 109 103 yeah and chris paul i'm I'm sure at this point many of you have seen his post-game interview and they're they're trying to say oh good job good win and chris paul was heated he was saying things like, we should have easily won this game. This was a given. We almost gave it up. It shouldn't have been this close. Just really harsh criticism. And when he was asked about Aiton, Aiton had a good game. Aiton played well. He, he's he been playing well. But in this game, that's where he really got off to this hot streak. 26 points, 17 rebounds, 11 for 15 from the floor. Very good game. Five blocks as well. Very good game for Aiton. And Chris Paul hardly praised him. Chris Paul said, yeah, this is that's got to be the norm for him. That can't be a one-game thing. He needs to go out and do that every night. And until he does that, I'm not going to say much. Essentially, that's what Chris Paul said. So he was pretty heated. Yeah. 
I, I really don't blame him either. This was a it, it was a game where we were up by what at halftime, uh, thirteen at halftime, and this is one of those times where we this has hit us every game this week. We get out to a pretty nice little lead, and then it's just gone instantly. And it, it doesn't it doesn't happen when one particular guy is on or off the court. It just happens every game, and that's something that I've started to worry about a little bit. I mean, we're still early in the season and all that, but the fact that we can't hold a lead is getting a little nerve-wracking, but we, we still need to give these time these guys time to gel. We do. It is definitely early on, and we're not used to playing with leads. No. Especially Booker. Booker is adjusting to that, too, and... I think Monty Williams is adjusting to that as well. Monty Williams has coached some teams that have not been that great as well. Right. So I think he, the whole team really is adjusting to playing with leads. We were, we've been up 15 or 20 points and we give it away so easily because we start running the clock out. We stop doing the things that have been working the whole game and it never goes well. And, you know, we, we know that, these teams need to play like it's tied at all times. They need to be trying to score on every possession. Can't just trade buckets. It never goes very well. And yeah, we, we just have to learn how to play with the lead. And you know what? There's been a lot of criticism about Monty Williams over this week. And yeah, yeah a lot of people are quick to judge and especially on social media, we know how that oh, goes, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. and yeah, there, there have been some things like, uh, you know, in the first Nuggets game, not getting that timeout. Uh, you can put that on Paul or maybe Monty. I I, I put it on both. They both should have known better. Right. You know, there's just been some things like that, but I I don't think we can be so quick to judge no. Monty either because I mean, look look back to last year. Look at the bubble. Look at the trajectory that we're on. And then keep in mind, like people are complaining about his rotations. Yeah, we're without all of our bigs, except Aiton and right. Frank the Tank, man. The the guy that we cut, another team cut, and then we brought back as an afterthought, more or less. I mean, he's getting big minutes right now, so it's tough yeah. out there. And yeah, this is a, you know, you, you flip over a roster like this in an offseason. These guys don't have chemistry. You got to figure out what works on the fly. We couldn't, we didn't have a preseason or a summer or anything over the summer to figure this out. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's reasonable for us to have these growing pains, but it's very frustrating to watch. All right. Last thing about the Rockets, uh, P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon sharing a court. That's a thick lineup. (laughs) All right. You know, I'm just going to say it. I don't miss P.J. Tucker. I when he got traded, I wasn't all that upset and I don't miss him. Uh, I miss like his essence. (laughs) just the the dude that's gonna beat you up you know we don't have a guy like that on the roster we had baines last year some you know it's kind of we don't got that brute we need that's true we need one of those i'm not saying we need pj by any means but no that's just my unpopular son's opinion and i stand by i've said it since the trade (laughs) i know you're a kelly Oubre sympathizer so i (laughs) i'm just gonna move on let's talk about Let's talk about the back-to-back games against the Nuggets at home. Both went to overtime. One went to double overtime. Both, sadly, were losses. So 
I don't really want to dive too deep into both of these. They're, they're kind of heartbreakers. Uh, you can blame everybody, I guess, for these losses, from the coaches to the players. And I don't know, I might even blame a ref or two for yep. some of the outcome of the first one, especially. That, that got a little sloppy towards the end. The play that Booker got hurt on, there was somehow no whistle on that. It, yep. it, it got sloppy and... It didn't help anybody out. Well, maybe the Nuggets, but... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it never comes down to one play. Never. Even if it's a one-point game and you have two free throws and you miss them both, it never comes down to one play. There's always a lot of other factors that go into it. I've I've heard that from a lot of college coaches, but I think that's true. Never comes down to just one play. The... The missed free throw in the first quarter is just as bad as the one in the with one second left on the clock in That's the fourth. Right. Just That's as right. bad. Exactly. So there's a lot of different things to look at in these games, and they're painful to look at. Some poor coaching decisions. Abdel Nader has been getting a ton of playing time as compared to before. Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore getting zero. He like Galloway played a little bit in the second Nuggets game, but not much. And Abdel Nader hasn't been bad by any means, but just kind of questionable how much Monty is playing him lately. So there's that. There's the the refing. There were some very questionable calls that even got reviewed and looked pretty clearly wrong that were not overturned. Uh, turnovers. Turnovers are a huge problem for us still. I mean... This is another unpopular opinion that I have, too. Chris Paul tends to slow our offense down quite a bit. He waits to grab the ball. He dribbles out until the clock runs way down, and he'll shoot his little mid-range jumper, and he makes a lot of them, but it just throws off the flow of the rest of the game. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on here. The, the Chris Paul thing is really interesting, though, because – yeah, it, it does slow down when Chris is in a lot of the time. But in the first Nuggets game, he has 14 assists in the first half. Right. And then in the second Nuggets game, 13 assists, just two turnovers. I mean, yeah. he's taking care of the ball. He's making things happen for other guys. But is there a cost to that? Is that ruining the, the free-flowing goodness of, like, when we get Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges running in the open floor, being able to make decisions on the go. I mean, that seems like when we're the most successful. But then as soon as Chris Paul starts pounding the ball at the top of the key, waiting for DeAndre Ayton to set, you know, like three picks before he even chooses which way to go. Right. It seems like that It just takes a lot of – it takes the air out of the ball, man. It does. It does. And, yeah, that first Nuggets game, you make a good point, 14 assists in the first half. He had one in the second half, though. Everything slowed way down, and it was hard to make a shot and just did not go very well. And we blew a big lead because we didn't play. We played like we had a lead, and we can't do that. Chris Paul also played 40 minutes in that game, which might be a little bit too much. As much as I know he wants to play and is still great, 40 minutes is a lot for anyone to play. Yeah, that's 82 minutes in back-to-back nights, and luckily we have until Wednesday off, so that's a nice right. break for everybody. But 
Yeah, we have another Let's, break so we can come out flat against the Thunder on Wednesday. <laughs> I, I was going to say, this, I hope this one's a little different. I hope, I I hope that was uh, noted. Like, okay, that, that week off may have hurt us a little bit. Let's not let that happen this time. And, you know, hopefully we have more of the team together. Like, Jalen Smith's back. He played minutes in this Nuggets game. Nice to see for sure. Yeah. But just knowing that we're getting another body back. We can continue to, you know, I, I hope we get some good practices in and really get honed in. And, man, we haven't even really talked about Devin Booker in the hamstring. Right. Yeah, that's a big deal. And hopefully we also have Dario back by Wednesday. Right. That would be nice. But, yeah, Booker's injury, which came in overtime. And let's just say overtime didn't necessarily need to happen. We had some options. A timeout could have been called and wasn't to maybe set up a play. It it doesn't mean that we for sure would have made the shot and won in regulation, but we didn't even take a chance with it, so frustrating. But Booker gets hurt. It's a strained hamstring, not a serious injury. He is kind of hobbling a little bit and goes and sits on the bench and whatever. It's going to happen. Guys are going to get hurt. I just hope he's back by Wednesday. Yeah, I, I was a little uh, shocked at why is Devin Booker out of the game? I didn't even know it happened right away. Right, right. But once I knew it was the hamstring, I know he's had issues with that in the past as well. So, I mean, this this game, either one of these Nuggets game, not, not worth putting him back in for two minutes or trying to put him out the next night either. So, man, I, I just hope uh, this little break, he gets healed up and if he's not even ready for that one why rush him at at this point last year i would have said we need him in or else we're gonna get blown out of the water every single game but after the second nuggets game we proved that we can hang without him which is you know let's you know let's take the silver lining here we hung with the nuggets without devin booker in this game and right good well and you know i actually think that's my like silver lining my positive takeaway from all of this is I think we're pretty evenly matched up with the Nuggets both of these games went into some sort of overtime the first one won overtime the second one two overtimes we hang with them we match up pretty well with them I like the Aiton and Jokic battle that's pretty fun we I think we're at a a level close to that yeah, totally. And that's a you know, that's a potential play, deepish playoff run if right. you think about it. Right. So it is. It is. Well, and I think the Nuggets are a good team to look at too. They were struggling a little bit. I believe their record now is 9 and 7. They were 7 and 7 coming into the two games against us. They won both so 9 and 7 now, but very similar. And people were talking about, oh, Jokic is an MVP candidate, but their record isn't there. They've dropped some some easy games. No games are really easy, but dropped games they should have won. And it's going to happen. Look at the Nets. The Nets lose two games in a row to the Cavs, who, I don't know, I guess the Cavs are good now. Colin Sexton is going off, which yeah. is pretty cool. I, why, I like why it. Why not? But, right. So good teams are going to lose sometimes. And – yeah, you know, the Nuggets are in a pretty similar spot to us right now. Yeah, and kind of a similar comparison. I, I'm not saying that MPJ and Dario are 
similar players, but I, I think that Michael Porter Jr., his first games of 2021 were against the Suns. And we how many games has Dario played for us this season? Right. Three Just a handful. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we're, we're missing guys trying to, you know, just trying to get through this little funk and protocol. And then hopefully once uh, teams get a little closer to full strength, we, we get back into that role that we saw at the beginning of the year. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. Next week's games. Two at home, one on the road. And then the one on the road is against the Mavericks. Then that's Saturday, then a day off, and then we play them again Monday at their place. So against the Thunder, Wednesday, seven o'clock. This this game feels like one we should win. But the the Thunder aren't they're not just giving away games. They're pretty solid still. Yeah, they're decent. I'm sure Chris Paul is gonna wanna play well against the Thunder, against his old team. He doesn't have a ton of history there or anything, it's one season, but I'm sure he wants to give some extra effort against them. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing at this point. So I guess just be on the lookout for it. I think this is a winnable game and it's a good opportunity to come out and play strong after a few days off. Yeah. I'd say out of these games, I'd most like to open up against the thunder compared to either the warriors or the Mavericks. So that'll be nice coming back from our little break. And then yeah, again, I just hope everybody's uh, healing up. We got to see Jalen Smith play. He hit a three in this game against the Nuggets. Let's hope we can see a little bit more out of him because we're thin on the big boys, and he's you know he's not a monstrous center or anything, but he's six ten and he can move. Yeah, yeah. So not bad. Could be could be a good one. We hope it's a we hope it's a good one. We hope that we get a ten point lead and we hold it through the game. That'd be nice. That's what to I'd see, like huh? to see. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then uh, the next night, Thursday night, we get to do this again. We missed the first one, but Kelly Oubre and the Golden State Warriors are coming to Phoenix. This one's at eight o'clock, and this is our bet question game, right? This is our bet question game. We tried this, and a, a lot of people answered and. Couldn't address it, but our bet question for this game is how many threes will Kelly Oubre make in the game on Thursday? So, your guess. You know, I said zero last time. Kelly Oubre was shooting under 20% from three last time. Kelly Oubre is now at, uh, last time I looked, 20.6% from downtown, but I'm still going with zero. Okay. Still doing the zero. (laughs) I guess I'm just going to say one then because it's the smart thing to do. <laughs> yep, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, as always, let us know on Twitter, at Sunny and PHX Pod, how many threes will Kelly Oubre make in Thursday's game? Are you rooting for Kelly to snap out of this? <laughs> that's a great question. I, I, I think I would say no because I don't want the Warriors to be good. We need teams in the West to be bad because I don't want to have to be in the play-in tournament. I want the Suns to actually make the real playoffs. So I want all these Western teams that are borderline good to be bad. I feel that. I feel that. I love watching him struggle. (laughs) Whenever the Suns trade a guy and he talks smack about the team, 
you're on my crap list. I'm sorry, but <laughs> there you go, Kelly. And I, I hope he struggles all season. I really do. <laughs> the one that bums me out, though, is Ricky Rubio in Minnesota, yeah, which is yeah. just a mess. They're a mess, man. They are. And, I mean, with I know it's tough. Cat with the getting COVID. That's tough. Right. That that's, is tough. That's a different story. But, I mean, these guys, it's not a good team. Anthony Edwards, the number one pick. Eh, he's not looking too good. And, yeah, he's 19 years old. But, I mean, it's it's just so iffy there. Right. Were you really rewarded for getting the number one pick and taking this guy who's not doing a ton for you already? It's I, Like, he doesn't even want to play basketball. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bad situation. And then they, they stick is. him on the bench. I follow the Wolves a little bit. They stick him on the bench, and it's pretty much like, okay, good luck, man. Get yourself some buckets because you put him out there with like Jarrett Culver and some other great rotation players. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And I feel bad. Like he's he's not getting any help. That's no, tough. no. I I miss him here. I mean, I know our team is good. I know Chris Paul is amazing, and I I just loved Rubio so much. I really feel for him. We need to play the Timberwolves. We need some wins. We we yeah. need to get matched yeah, up. Really. <laughs> We'll give we Ricky do. his welcome back, welcome back video. Thanks for the one year. It was a blast. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Warriors game. We hope Kelly comes back and struggles. And then Saturday, 630, I believe this game's on NBA TV. Suns at Mavericks. Uh, we matched up with them in the opener this year. Got the win. And we get to see another matchup of Luka versus DeAndre. So exciting. Let's let's yeah. start up. Let's let's talk about that for a week or two. I know. Ugh. I'm so sick of Luca. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. That's all that's I got. That's it. Yeah. Fair enough, man. I, I feel we that won, same way. We won the uh, first one, We won the first one. We get to stick Mikhail Bridges back on him. I I love being able to do that and we give Luca some trouble and that's if you can do that against the Mavericks, especially with uh, is KP still out, isn't he? No, he's back. He's did he just come back? Ah, just recently. All right, so that that is something. But if you can uh, if you can frustrate Luca, there's not a ton of firepower like they had last year around them. So I don't know. I I always like our chances against them when you get to put Mikhail on Luca. Yeah, I I actually do too, just because we play so much more of a balanced game and they rely on they rely on one guy so much one or two guys so much that i i do i i like the way we match up against them all right and to uh end this thing deandre ayton we talked a little bit about him but this guy i i mean the the talk that happens on social media about DeAndre Ayton is pretty crazy. It's, it is. It's, it's all around. It's pretty crazy. He, he, admittedly, he had a poor week, maybe two weeks almost. Didn't play great basketball. But this week, since our little one-week break, he obviously got called out by the teammates, Chris Paul, the coaches, everything. We need you to play better basketball. 22 points per game, almost 15 rebounds per game. Two assists per game, two blocks per game. Is that enough? 
I think so. He's yeah, done. It is. It yeah. Is. He's gone above and beyond. And he's he's even being hard on himself. I saw a quote from this first Nuggets game where he said, oh, I didn't do enough on defense. I, I need to be the anchor of this defense. But he played a great game. And he tends to play pretty well against Jokic. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's really that helpful to be so harsh on him, but it's starting to work. So, social media, though, man, so reactionary. Just pick anyone on Twitter. And I'm guilty of this, too. Follow what they say through one game, and it's a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like to tweet and get engaged during the game sometimes, but there's some games where I just have to say, like, I'm not going to say anything because I just want to watch and enjoy the basketball game. (laughs) No, I I completely hear you. It it just gets so crazy, and you can't – I don't know, man. As the old man, as I like to call myself (laughs) – I'm like I'm in my early 30s, by the way. I'm not I'm not that old. <laughs> but these guys are 24, 23, 22 years old. And then if you have a rookie on your team like Anthony Edwards, he's 19 years old. I was so stupid when I was 19 oh years my old. Oh gosh, absolutely. Seriously, and like I don't know if I could tie my shoes two days in a row when I was 19 <laughs> years old. Like. And then you expect this guy, like Anthony Edwards, you're expecting 22 points a night out of him on, you know, I need 65% true shooting percentage too. Like, come on, give these guys a break. Give them a little time. Everyone has a bad game. Sometimes a guy will even have a bad week. And we're not all LeBron James. I mean. That's right. That's right. It's not a 27-7-7 stroll in the park every game. It's not like that. But. I don't know. Just give these guys a break. Uh, it's going to take time for the Suns to really come together. It really is. Mm-hmm. I, I saw an interesting idea comment from the perspective of the national side of things rather than like the local media. There have been some recent rankings on the top 20 or top duos under 25 years old or that that kind of thing that stuff comes out every so often and people are saying oh booker and ayton are number two or number one or number three and i saw a lot of suns fans saying how could you put booker and ayton that high do you even watch our games and i'm like relax be happy about this the national media seems to look at ayton in such a more positive light than the people who watch every night. He's under such a microscope. It's ridiculous. No, it, it really is. And I mean, when I, when I look at a center, I, I want a double-double every game. That's yeah. what I want out of a center. He does that every game. He does more than that every game. And now the defense is coming around, you know, a couple blocks per game this week. He had five in one game. We're, we're seeing stuff like that happen now. And no... It's not Luka Doncic basketball. It's That's not what DeAndre Ayton is. But I've said this the whole time. We had Devin Booker to do that stuff. Now we have Chris Paul, too. And now Mikhail Bridges does a little bit of it, too. Oh, and Cam. Dude, everybody's yes. coming around. It's yeah. just, just have a little more patience. Right, right. We were, the, we were the dumpster of the West, the dumpster of the NBA for years. It for wasn't that years. long ago. 
it wasn't that long ago and it was for a really long time. And now it seems like some people want everything to just you snap your fingers and we're right. we're, we're hoisting a banner. It, right. It's not going to quite be like that. But you no. know what? This team's going to make the playoffs this year. We're going to fight. There's going to be some pride back in Phoenix about the Suns, and that's that's what we need. That's right. It's a process. It really is a process. And patience is good. I think people need to temper their expectations a little bit. As much as I would love to say we're winning it all this year, probably not. This is just one – this is a big step in the right direction. But with that, on the topic of big steps in the right direction, it's time for the non-sports section of the show. We are going to be talking about something a little bit more serious than our typical non-sports. So we're not going to say what's your favorite cold cut or whatever, but I just thought of that. and We'll probably say that next week then. You bet. We're doing that next week. (laughs) But I'm curious now with the COVID vaccine becoming potentially more accessible in the coming months, weeks, what are your thoughts on the, the vaccine? We have a couple good ones out already. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I wish that more people were able to get it sooner, obviously, but, you know, I'm happy that our healthcare workers and our seniors are starting to get it. It sounds like quite a few have gone around in Arizona, not, not a ton, but quite a few have happened. So I'm, as soon as I can sign up for it, I'm going to take it because I, I want to go to a basketball game as soon as possible. I, I don't want me to be the reason that I can't go. I want to be waiting for the Suns to open the doors. So, you know, that's that's just one very small reason. But, I mean, hey, I, I'm I'm ready for it. And I, I got a little sneak peek. I took my wife through the line. She got her second dose. So I saw what it's all about, and I'll let you talk about it. But what I saw, it's really efficient, and it's a pretty smooth process. And, like, sign me up. I, I'm ready to take it. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a positive experience for me too. So I work in healthcare, so I was able to get the vaccine earlier than a lot of people. I've received both doses now and it's uh not super complicated. The first dose, it it did take me about an hour to get through the line, but that's because there were so many people there. So it was a welcome sight. I was glad there were a lot of people there. That's going to be the key to getting through this is getting the majority of people vaccinated. So, yeah, it was uh, not a bad experience or anything. Just took a little longer than I had anticipated. But driving through the line and everything is no big deal. It's very simple. It's kind of nice. I'd like more stuff to be like this, more doctor's visits to be like, you stay in your car and you get in the line and they tell you where to go. Yeah. Yes, please. I'll take (laughs) that. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty streamlined. I had very, very, very minimal side effects to the first dose. My arm was sore for about, I'd say 48 hours, more so than a flu shot, but not too much. Just felt like I got punched in the arm. And mostly just at like the injection site, not the whole arm or anything. I was joking that in in bed, my wife had been dropping the people's elbow on my arm. And so that was hurting it. <laughs> but no, it, it was just it was a little bit sensitive and didn't last very long and back to normal. Then waited three weeks to get the second dose. And I, I got that and. 
uh, more symptoms, but nothing too serious for me. My arm was still sore, maybe a touch more sore or the same as same level as uh, the first dose. I had some some joint and muscle soreness too. It felt like I had gone out and shot around for a couple hours. Maybe not played like a full pickup game or anything, but just got some shots up for an hour or two. It was kind of back soreness and some neck soreness and a headache. It didn't last very long though, and now I'm just completely back to normal. I bet that feels nice. I mean, I'm excited for that. Just the reassurance of, okay, I can go do normal things again and I don't have to be bothered by anything. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you do have to wait. It's, I think, 10 to 14 days after the second dose for the the full immunity. It's not 100%, but I got the Pfizer and I believe it's 95% immunity. So that's very good. So still have to wait a few more days for all of that to finally kick in. And they say, you know, even after you have that immunity, you still need to wear a mask just in case you can spread it because you're part of that 5% that isn't. And if I have to wear a mask a little longer, I don't care. I'll do it. So I will feel a lot better about when I go to the grocery store or when I go into work or when I'm around my wife and people like that, I'll feel better knowing that there's so much less of a chance that I'm spreading it. Sure. Did you get a sucker? No, I didn't get a sticker either. Oh, wow. Yeah. My wife also works in healthcare and she's gotten her first dose and she got a sticker and I didn't get a sticker either time when I was kind of bummed. Natalie got a sucker after this, after her second dose. What? Yep. Hooked up. Wow. Well, Lame. I'm going. You got back. yours at the wrong spot, apparently. Mitch. I guess so. I guess. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I we have that to look forward to, and you know, with that, maybe we get get back into the Suns Arena within a you know a month or two. Wouldn't that be? Oof, when, that would be. <laughs> that would be something. That's weird to think about, but that'd be cool. I mean, it, it sure can happen. I, I hope it does. They're giving tours. You can go hit the team shop up. There's, you know, there's things that are happening there at the arena. So I don't know what the next thing's going to be that lets the doors open, but hopefully it's sooner than later as long as it's safe. All right. right. We thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. And we will be back with another episode next week. Go Suns. Shoes we all fall down Ring around the rosy Pocket full of posies Ashes, ashes We all fall down Feel the lovely sunshine Flowers all around Hop a little hop Right off the ground